Hello there, and welcome back to Life in Bold. I'm so excited about this episode. Today we have on Kayla Berry, who is a comedian in New York City. I met her last month, and we immediately hit it off. I thought, I have to have her on the podcast, and here we are. Kayla is really funny. She's self-deprecating. She's queer. She's like a really funny person, and I really enjoyed our conversation, and I'm really just happy that we're friends. It's just such a cool thing to find queer comedian friends, and I'm so happy. You know, on my own journey toward living my life in bold, I think something that we haven't totally talked about is surrounding yourself with the right people and surrounding yourself with people that you have things in common with and that you have shared identities and and just shared experiences and so i am so excited to continue these conversations with more comedians on life in bold um but this was a really great start i really enjoyed our conversation so i hope you enjoy today's episode and without further ado please welcome to the life in bold stage kayla berry hey kayla how are you doing today i'm great how are you ben I'm really actually so excited to be interviewing you, chatting with you on Life in Bold. Um, I set out a goal, you know, actually just to like totally fast forward into like how we know each other and stuff. Um, We were at a show at Stonewall and I was talking to Jimmy and talking about my podcast and I was like, I want to make it more funny. And we were like, no, keep it serious. But in reality, like I kind of want to just have a little bit of both. And so, oh, yeah. I want to have like comedians on and that's what you are and that's how we've met. So I'm so excited to just be chatting. Yeah, it, it, I really feel honored. I feel honored to be on here. Exactly. I would love to know, sometimes I do this from your perspective. I would love to know from your perspective, how we know each other. Like what's the story there? All right. So there's this great little place called Release Cafe in Bushwick or... <laughs> One of the wicks, one of the uh, places in Brooklyn. Um, my friend Hans is the owner, and he invited me to be the feature comedian on one of their open mics. It was a very cool, very amazing venue, beautiful stage, beautiful people. And uh, before I performed, you performed, and I got <laughs> to see you with your guitar. I got to see you with your poetry and making people laugh. You were with the girl I'd never met again, I don't think. Yeah, Susan. <laughs> um, I was with my friend Susan. Oh, great, great. Well, hi, Susan. Oh, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and you were, I love music. I love comedy. I love when, when they're together. And I love poetry. We saw amazing people that night. And mm-hmm. uh, we became fast friends. We fast just said, friends. hey, let's be friends. I think what <laughs> you said was, let's be friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay, that sounds good yeah. to me. Totally. Because honestly, like, I feel like I just started doing comedy more seriously, like last summer. And I feel like I spent the first part or the the last half of last year going to like open mic nights in Manhattan. And I just feel like the diversity is just not a thing. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just a lot of straight white guys at these open mic nights. And so just even having just a woman who like talks about really funny stuff, like, it made me just so happy to be at this open mic night. And it was such, it was such a vibe, like there was good music, like I loved performing in that little spot. Um, You were so funny, like talking about all your stories of I love well, you really got me with your story about your name, Kayla Berry. Where, yeah, that really got me where you were talking about people's nicknames for you. What was the nickname that you wanted? You wanted to be. I wanted to be Raspberry. I begged my parents to let me change my name. Raspberry. Oh my gosh. I mean, now I'm an adult. I can do it. 
but <laughs> Kayla Berry is also pretty good too. Oh, thank you. It has a nice ring to it. It has mm-hmm. a nice ring. Yeah. Uh, then on the the playground, the kids started calling me Dingleberry, and that's where so rude. You know, I had to learn what that meant. Mm-hmm. I hope I had an older sibling, so you know, they they taught me. Is that why? Thing. Is that why you? Is that why you're in comedy today? Because of that situation? <laughs> probably, probably. Actually, it's re- really just that um, I'm a self-deprecating comedian. So mm-hmm. if I'm de- deprecating myself, nobody else can hurt me because I'm already doing the worst of it. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> That's how I am, anyway. <laughs> when did you start doing comedy? Technically, out of the womb. No, um, <laughs> I uh, I've always been the class clown that kind mm-hmm. of thing but mm-hmm. for real starting my career was in 2014 then I took a seven or eight year break and now I'm back at it so um in in a way I'm new at it now yeah because I I feel like I'm starting from scratch basically yeah I feel like I came to New York with the idea that I wanted to do comedy and just uh, even just be around more comedy um and then it took I did it a couple times throughout my 20s but in my 30th birthday, like I was on, I kind of, I kind of coined this phrase, the journey to 30, because between t- ages 29 and 30, I basically put myself on a path to like, I basically don't want to have like regrets on my 30th birthday. And I want to feel good about myself on my 30th birthday. And I entered therapy. I started doing all these things to like, just like really get a grasp on like who I am. And it was ultimately like a really beautiful journey um to 30 and when i turned 30 i had an energy work session with uh, someone in nashville where she basically like uh, talked to me for an hour and then put me on like a massage table and like calmed me down and her whole thing was that like she can see images based on my energy and whatever and i was like i don't even care like what of this i believe but i was like let's just like see what she has to say and she sat me back down and she was like you are a performer like you need to be on stage you need to be like performing and she said like when she showed when she shut her eyes she saw like me like on broadway stage like snapping my fingers with like dancers behind me and stuff like that and i was like okay this is pretty clear that like this person that just met me and talked to me for an hour and like read my energy is like you absolutely need to be performing and so I just kind of put myself on this path and now I'm like doing comedy and like getting out there and stuff. And what excites me the most about it, honestly, is like meeting people like you, making new friends, meeting people that honestly I have a lot more in common with than a lot of people in my current life. Um, like just even last weekend when we went to the bar after the solo show extravaganza that we went to yeah like that was just so fun it's been so long since I've been out at a bar just like hanging out and making jokes and it just felt really good Mm -hmm. yep it was a very it's a natural I think everyone we've been meeting everyone personally I've been meeting Mm -hmm. is just so easy to talk to everybody's so nice everybody's Mm -hmm. so funny Mm -hmm. they care about what I have to say for some reason um (laughs) and it just time flies suddenly it's 3 a.m and you're like oh I gotta take the subway home now because I know we shut <laughs> down the bar that night I think mm-hmm. they were I think we did out. right because they were playing New York New York oh yeah, they were. yeah, that's <laughs> it was. yeah. and I was filming myself dancing to New York New York which was just the ultimate dream 
I remember that now. And good thing you didn't <laughs> wave that American flag around because. <laughs> you know what's funny? Actually, I went to a soccer game yesterday, um, a, a women's soccer game in New Jersey, the Gotham FC. And it was really funny because I was thinking about basically at this bar that we went to, there was an American flag sitting in the corner. And I was joking about like, you know, one more drink and I'll be waving the flag around or something. Um, and you were you were like, no, please do not. <laughs> well, it, it's like you could get canceled either mm-hmm. way. Is it such totally. a, the American flag is such a hot button for some so reason, you know, polarizing. Well, so polarizing. I was at this game and they, someone sang the national anthem and I was like, oh, what's our, what's our like take on the national anthem this right now? Because first of all, like there's so much about America that is just so terrible, right? That like, should we be like always like talking about the national anthem and like singing the national anthem and like putting our hands over our hearts and things like that. Like everybody gets to make their own decision with that. But it was really interesting because I was in this section and everybody kind of did something different with the national anthem. So like some people, like one guy literally had his hand on his heart and he was standing up and whatever. I stood up because I was like, I don't want to like cause a scene by like sitting down or whatever. And then, um, what, but one guy was sitting down and I was like, I wonder if he's just sitting down, like he just doesn't want to stand up or if he's like, I don't stand for the for the flag or whatever. Um, mm. And it was really interesting because I was just like observing all the different people and what they were, how they were reacting. And I really feel like my vibe was like, I just wanted to like support the singer because yeah, that's my vibe too yeah like she just did such a great job and it is like a banger <laughs> yeah it's a great song it's not as good as this I, I might get canceled for this but i think the ussr uh national anthem is my favorite uh, if you haven't heard it check it out uh, yeah, a bunch of it's on spotify singing choral music yeah but um i think as long as uh fergie's not singing the national anthem <laughs> then you're probably a really good musician and you should be listened to yeah, I, exactly. If I think about Whitney Houston doing it, I cry. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to think about that right now because yeah. I don't want to cry on camera. But um, <laughs> it's, it's a great song. It does make me feel a little bit patriotic. But then, you know, you're like, what is patriarch? What does yeah. that mean right now? <laughs> right, I know. And also the lyrics are so, um, like the Rockets red glare. Like, is that really why I'm proud to be an American? Because of the Rockets red glare. You know, like, and then it was really funny because you know what the part where she goes and the land of the free like mm-hmm. kind of goes up like that my friend at that point went woo and I thought she was harmonizing oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I looked at her and I was like are you being serious right now but I realized quickly she was just cheering at the appropriate time to cheer um but yeah it's a very funny little time in America yeah 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 and I well, earlier we were talking about, so I'm not a minority that is being, well, I'm, I guess we could talk about that because if I'm LGBTQ, right. I guess we're a little bit of a minority. Um, a woman in comedy is a little bit of a minority yeah. in some, in some places. Um, but a, a lot of the hot button issues, I don't have a say in because I'm not part of them, you know, like totally, I can't. I can support people, but I can't know what they're doing, what yeah. they're going through. So. Totally, totally. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to like seek out diversity, like the more diversity that I can find in these com. I actually stopped doing um, like the straight up open mic nights because I was like, I actually need to find like a better place to do these because I was noticing like, even if I did kill it in these rooms, like these are not the people that would 
buy my tickets or like subscribe to my Patreon or like, you know, that kind of right. stuff. Like these are not my people, like just like straight white, like finance guys in Manhattan. Like, and I just, I just really don't, I don't know why I just feel like it's like maybe the least funny group of people, but the people who feel that they're the most funny. Um, right. Right. Not that not everybody, but it just feels like in a room full of 20 straight white guys, like it's going to be a lot of sitting through. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of um, entitlement there. It's yeah. like, you will listen to me because I've been listening to, everyone's been listening to me yeah. my whole life because that's <laughs> the way it is. Right. But, and I know I'm only one, I'm only one notch off from straight white guy, but I feel like it's a good notch. <laughs> so am I. So am I. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that's an interesting um, thought. Yeah, but yeah, I guess the the more mics I've been finding in Astoria, in Brooklyn, yeah, it's all sorts of people from all walks of life, mm-hmm. all races, all genders, all uh, you know backgrounds, even uh, not comedians, um, right? Poets. I have found more inspiration from poets recently than mm-hmm. from com- other comedians, which yeah. is interesting. Totally, musicians. I I majored in music for mm. some reason what a waste <laughs> but um it's been I've been inspired by musicians lately just mm-hmm. to be like I can pick up my instrument again I can yeah. create something there's even something if yeah there's something so um real about music to me like I feel like as a kid I just loved singing and like playing the guitar and like all these different things and I loved bands and I loved like music and I feel like as an adult, the more I can connect to singing and playing the guitar, the more like authentic I am, the more real I am. And it's really funny because um, I was listening to, do you know Matt Rogers? I don't think so. Okay. Matt Rogers is like, do you know, you like Bowen, Bowen Yang is like um, from SNL. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, So Matt Rogers is like Bowen Yang's like basically best friend. And they have a podcast together called Los Culturistas. Um, and it's a really good podcast, but Matt Rogers actually has a, a Christmas special um, that I watched like five times last year. Um, wow. And basically it, it's at Joe's pub and he basically sings songs like, I don't know, from the perspective of different Christmas characters or like about Christmas and they're comedic songs. Um, and they're like really, really funny songs. Like there's one um, from Martha May Huvier from the, um, the Grinch. And it just, he has a song like from her perspective where he's like wearing a wig and like, Basically, she's basically like the whore of Whoville and oh, yeah. she's like ha- having sex with all the men of Whoville and she especially wants to have sex with the Grinch. Uh, uh, and I just... identify with that so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's actually such a good song, um, but he um, inspires me so much. And he was on um, Ross Matthews podcast talking about his inspiration for the special that he did. And he talked about Sandra Bernhard Um and how she, they were talking about how she will just actually sing a song and be serious about it and like just sing a beautiful song. And I have been very inspired by that, like from a comedy perspective, like, can I be a comedian and then just sing a beautiful song? And I, I definitely think I can. So actually on Monday, tomorrow, I'm doing a um, an open mic night in, in the Lower East Side and I'm going to just sing Miley Cyrus's The Climb. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I'm so excited because I'm basically gonna, this is like a sneak peek for the, all the viewers, but I'm basically gonna like frame it 
as a song about my landlord raising my rent and like how New York keeps like kicking me down, but I just never want to give up. And then like this, the, here's the climb basically. Um, I love it. And I'm, I've been practicing it and I actually had a voice lesson and then we practiced like the song and I'm just so curious to see how the audience reacts and like how it goes. Um, because I think like sometimes with comedy, like you can also just like be serious and it's just as entertaining. You're just, it's like, can you sell being a well-rounded person is really yeah. what it is. And a lot of people don't ring true. I think that, you know, they might seem disingenuous if they're trying to do something that they're not used to doing, mm -hmm. but people like us, I'm tooting <laughs> our horns. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's cool to see different sides of, of intelligent people. Wow. Yeah. I'm really making myself sound. <laughs> I'm so smart. I have a IQ of a thousand. Yeah. Um, right. Do you perform music ever? I do, but I just have to work up to doing it more. It's really like a, for some reason, I guess maybe because I spent $40,000 getting a music degree, I yeah. feel like I'm really hard on myself mm. in music. Like that's something I can't be bad at. Like I have to be perfect at it. Or like even I would perform like something that the entire audience said was amazing, but I knew I played three wrong notes. Totally. And I kicked myself all day. <laughs> and so I think with the comedy, if I do more comedy and performing with music, I think I can like maybe let go of that control a little bit mm -hmm. and that perfectionism. Yeah. Um, I guess like there's just a lot of uh, comedic musicians that I know who are inspiring me because they make mistakes. Totally. But it's almost funnier. It's yeah. almost funnier when a mistake is made if you're a comedian. Yeah, right. That exactly. Like being able it. to improvise your way out of a mistake is such an important skill, talent, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Are you a perfectionist in life in general? No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's a really good question. I I never think like my whole life has just been things working out for me despite me not doing anything. So yeah. Um, it just like call it luck call it white privilege, call it whatever you want. Uh, yeah. But uh, a lot of times I'm in a tight spot and things just it work out. out. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, ooh, I didn't have to work for that. And then it it's like training my brain that I don't have to work hard because it all works out. Yeah. So um, in a couple of months, I'll be like eating into my savings because I'm spending a lot more than I'm making right now. And then that will be, you know, the time my fire gets lit under my my right. butt right. and um then something will happen of course something totally. always you'll get some job out. or some gig maybe you'll get a national tour yeah yeah we can only hope yes i need <laughs> i need something and for me also audience is my fuel like mm. the audience gives me energy and puts more effort into what i'm doing and all that kind of stuff so yeah What's your perspective on finding an audience and like meeting people and, you know, basically like getting fans, like, do you need that in order to be a successful comedian or can you just show up and win people over every time? Um, I don't want to toot my own horn again, but <laughs> I'm very, uh, I make good first impressions, I think. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my comedy is funnier when you don't even know who I am because totally. maybe 
something I say will take you off guard because I'm this small woman that looks, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, do you think I look LGBTQ? Cause like, I think I'm somebody. That's my new podcast. I just bring people on and people vote if they look do LGBTQ. Look, <laughs> uh, well, for me, like, I've never been fashionable. Mm -hmm. Someone recently just said, like, you look like you're from the Midwest. They didn't even know me. They said, you look like you're from, wow. I was like, well, I am. And what is it? My fashion? What is it? The way I hold myself? Mm -hmm. So I just, um, I've what always wanted, well, I don't know. I can't remember. They were just <laughs> like, yeah, I think they said my, my outfit, maybe. Yeah. But like, I've always wanted to like, be more queer coded, I guess. Like, yeah my friend like shaved this part when that was cool. I, that's probably not cool anymore. That's the thing is I always miss the cool things. Right. And then I would like shave my head and people would be like, that's not, <laughs> or you know what I mean? Like the shave. Right I totally know. Yeah. Like shaving the oh. side of your head and leaving the rest of it long. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what that would indicate queerness, I guess. Yeah. Do you think it would help you more in your comedy if you looked more queer? I don't know because I I'm not going for a specific type of audience. Yeah. Um, which, so I think I like to appeal to everybody. I like to, um, I like to tell men that they have a chance with me, even yeah. if they might not. <laughs> um, because I'm I'm pansexual, mm -hmm. but uh, I definitely have a preference because girls are so nice mm -hmm. and uh <laughs> that's actually soft. so funny because I am gay and obviously I'm into men but like yeah. I absolutely do not like them <laughs> like I'm absolutely like much prefer to spend time with a woman <laughs> yeah but um, not that way yeah yeah not that way not, not that way not that way um actually yeah my whole like childhood I've always got along with men better like I was yeah. like running around with the boys mm -hmm. Uh, the girls like having their tea parties and I was like climbing trees and jumping out of them I don't know if that's what boys do but do you think as queer people our own gender is harder on us um about mm. our indifferent our, our differences because I had an, an interesting situation a couple of um weeks ago where I, the gym that I go to it's actually really funny there's these like five like 14 year old boys who go there and they're really into the gym and they like go around together and they're like always pumping iron and like they're, they're really small. So like they're doing proportionately like what makes sense for them, but like their weight that they're, they're like lifting is so small and it just kind of cracks me up. And I was telling my friend who's also queer and a woman, um, I was telling her like, oh, I get so afraid of like these teenage boys. Like, are they going to make fun of me? Like, are they going to kick me out of the gym? Like, are they going to like punch me in the stomach? Like, I don't know. And she was like, oh, well, what you really have to worry about is the teenage girls because they're the ones that are really mean and whatever. And I was like, no, the teenage girls are like my besties. Like the teenage girls are the ones that like have my back. But then it made me realize like, I wonder if as a, as a queer child, if you're a boy, maybe you fear boys more. And if you're a girl, maybe you fear girls more. I don't know. Maybe that's too general. Yeah, maybe I, and also I just think everybody should fear teens yeah. in general. <laughs> I just, I fear all teens. So it doesn't really matter what, what gender right. they're, um, yeah, because I've... that's when you learn to be mean. And mm -hmm. that's when people learn that it's, it's that um, group mentality of like, if we're making fun of somebody, then they're not making fun of me. So they're totally. like, we'll pick on this week. It's like mm -hmm. a, 
what do you call that? Darwin's whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the, yeah, Darwin's theory of <laughs> theory of evolution. Um, <laughs> what is it called? The strong, weaker, stronger than the yeah. betters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The stronger, yeah. only the strong survive. Is that what you're oh saying? yeah, yeah, survival of the fittest. Survival. survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah, that's probably Darwin. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you team up on people, and mm-hmm. I even in my adult life. The thing is the people I know that are picked on the most are the people who care the most about being picked on. Nobody picks on me because if you do, I laugh harder. You know, I'm like, you're right. I am fucked up. You know, like, yeah. Can I swear? Yeah. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like, I'll even beat them to the punch. So it's Mm -hmm. not fun to make fun of me, but I have a friend who's so mean to my other friend and she takes it really hard and she's like why is he so mean to me and like well you it's the way you react that gets i don't know this human thing of like they want to get a reaction they get a reaction so they keep doing it were you uh, were you bullied in junior high or high school or besides being called dingleberry i actually don't know if i was or not because i didn't care like i i was just uh friends with everybody Mm -hmm. I was a little slut. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I was <laughs> kind of was though, but um, yeah, I just had multiple friend groups. Uh, I would just jump between them. And if people bad talked me behind my back, I did not know about it mm-hmm. uh, or care really. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I think it's just stupidity though, <laughs> that I didn't care. I just, I think I had like a delusional self-confidence. Mm. I was just so, I thought it was the greatest thing that ever happened. <laughs> And anybody who told me differently, I was just like, you're wrong. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? I don't understand why you would think I'm anything less than absolutely amazing. And so or like, I, you're just jealous. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I think that like, I I don't know. I always had this very individualized view of myself that there was nobody like me and that I was just so amazing and so unique. And it's so funny because like looking back, that probably did save me a lot of pain because people were surely talking shit about me you know, at school, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I remember one time I was doing um, charades at a, at a friend's house, at like a party. And we were doing charades and I, I was supposed to act like a duck or something like that. Like I was supposed to like, get it, like act like a duck. And like, I was doing like, I was like, oh, you know, like whatever. And the guys guessed like fag. <laughs> <sighs> And like, you were like, yes, and yeah. what else? <laughs> and I remember I just like, it It flowed right off of me. Like, I was just like, okay, well, that's obviously wrong. <laughs> and I, I but I like think that. like if I had let it, if I had let it get to me and I had like, I don't know, told a teacher or like tried to like fight back or something, like, I think it would have gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I both believe, I really believe that I wasn't gay. First of all, I was like, there's no way I'm gay. That, do- that doesn't happen to people like me. Mm-hmm. And um, so when people would call me gay, I would be like, okay, well, that's not true. So what's your point? Um, and then I think just in general with like the amazingness, like I think I remember in high school, I was really into like dressing up and like spirit days. And so any spirit day that came up, like I would be basically the king of it and I would do the most amazing outfits. And one day, um, we had a spirit day and nobody really dressed up. I think it was like the freshmen and sophomores had to dress as like futuristic. And then the juniors and seniors had to dress as like 
cavemen or something. And I came and I was a sophomore. So I came dressed as like a spaceman. So I like covered myself in foil. I like put little green and blue dots all over. I wore a helmet that I covered in foil and put little antennas. (laughs) And it turned out that I was the only one who dressed up. (laughs) (laughs) And I, everybody was like, why are you wearing that? Like, what do you, and I was like, it's a spirit day. What are you talking about? And they were like, okay, but like nobody else dressed up. And I was like, okay, but there were signs. There were signs up that said it was a spirit day. So like, I'm definitely going to keep this on. And then I just kind of like used that as like a way to stand out even more. I was like, that was like my thing for the day was that like, I was dressed as a spaceman. And I think like another kid that didn't have that like delusional confidence would be like, so like embarrassed, like, oh my God, mom. And like, (laughs) Like, you sent me to school. Yeah. Yeah. Like fake sick in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I threw up. I gotta go. Right. Home. Yeah. I think that like I don't know. I don't know how that carried me through or where I got that because my family certainly did not teach me that I was amazing necessarily in that way. And I think it was just with my siblings. Like I had three siblings growing up, and I think I just wanted to differentiate myself from them so much that it just caused me to realize that I thought I was amazing. And I remember this one time I had a friend Nicole. And she was kind of conceited and she would say, you know, I would say something to her and she would have this like conceited response. But what are you talking about? Like, I'm amazing. And I think I just like glommed onto that. And I was like, that works for her. It's going to work for me too. But it's kind of a funny thing, like bullying in high school, because what you're saying is like, the more you react to it and the more it hurts you, the more it's going to hurt you. It's like kind of Mm -hmm. would be like my main message if I ever had kids. (laughs) Yeah, me too, which I won't. Yeah. I actually, this reminds me, I just told a guy recently that I didn't want to have kids. And he just said, without even stopping, he said, good, you'd be a terrible mom. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, now I kind of want to have one to prove you wrong, you bitch, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, Do you think you'd be a good parent? No, (laughs) no. (laughs) I have a cat and if she like sneezes weird, I have a panic attack because I'm like, I need to take her to the, she's going to die. So yeah. And I have nieces mm-hmm. and I am a helicopter aunt. Like mm. if my um, nieces are jumping on rocks, I'm like grabbing their arm and I'm like, no, watch out, watch out, watch out. And I've actually, there's a, some parenting beliefs are that if you say watch out too much or like if you overdo it, then it will make it worse for them because mm-hmm. I don't know. That's Yeah. I'm not a you're, parent. <laughs> you're just reading parenting books. <laughs> yeah. But I, if, if I am making food for them, I chop it into like basically mash. I yeah. don't want to see them choke. Uh-huh. I'm terrified. And my little sister is their mom. So, and I bullied her growing up. <laughs> so I feel like I'm always going to be like trying to make it up to her. And if yeah. I hurt one of her kids on my watch, it would be un- unforgivable to myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I saw your TikTok that you posted a few years ago um, with your dad. Was with your dad? <laughs> Yeah, my the dad. April Fools, and yeah. it was like, um, you he had like shaved off half of his mustache and beard, and like <laughs> you guys like he like staged this like prank, right? Yeah, it's very very stupid. It's <laughs> so the the story of the whole kind of story is, um, I was living in New York, got into a terrible pandemic breakup, and my dad begged me to come live with him for a little bit, so I did. And his main thing was trying to make me TikTok famous. He had, he wrote, he directed, he shot, he had all these ideas. Mm-hmm. And on April Fool's Day, a couple years ago, he um, 
knocked on my bedroom door and he had already shaved. He had shaved half of his head. And oh, it was his head his too. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, because he doesn't have that much hair. But okay. you, you can yeah. kind of, if you watch it again, you can see. And he knocked on the door and he said, I have a great, he, with his half shaved face, he said, I have a great idea for a TikTok. And I was kind of pissed because I was like, okay, well, what's your pitch? Because you already did it. Like, what if we needed to film you doing that? It's already, yeah. anyway. So um, it was a stupid, like, obviously fake prank, mm-hmm. quote, quote, prank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I named it a skit because it was so stupid. Um, <laughs> but it's me sneaking out of his bedroom with a with a shaver. And then yeah. he comes out as if he just woke up <laughs> and then, you know, is uh, half shaved. And he's, why is my razor here? What is going, you know? Yeah, so good. Very stupid. But the so con- I, it got like... Um, almost i think it got over five hundred thousand views yeah like lots of likes and comments that might have been my first time going viral yeah um not to brag i've been viral many times Um, (laughs) but he loved that he got me that attention and then he kept making more kept being like oh this will be a really good idea and he would debase himself like he and oh that's another thing when you go viral there's always mean comments there's always mean comments I don't, I laugh at them when they're about me, but for some reason, when they were about my dad, I got really, really angry and defensive. And I was okay. like, you don't talk about my dad that way, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, but if people said something, one time somebody said to me, I can't tell if you're 12 or 45. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's actually the first time someone said that to me. So thank you. Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's funny. I, cause I, I've gone viral. I would say I've gone one, one time, like truly viral. I got like 5 million mm-hmm. views on like this random video of me ordering a burger as a picky eater. And I was just, I was actually just at brunch and I was telling somebody about this story. And I was like, if you ever want to know exactly like, or if you ever want to be called out for the exact things that you're insecure about, go viral on TikTok. Because I, the comments, like, I would say two thirds of them were just like, either fine or like neutral or positive. And then one third was just like going for the gut. And it was just like, talking about my weight, talking about like, literally my hairline or like my double chin, or like my girly voice or whatever, which (laughs) the ones that were just like, you're gay, I was like, okay, that's just a fact. That's fine. Um, But it was a really interesting, like, kind of social experiment with myself to like go viral and see like how do absolute strangers see me on the internet and like the most vocal strangers really um and it was a very very interesting (laughs) like I got some really really mean comments especially but it's actually funny most of the ones that hurt me were about my appearance which I thought was a really interesting Mm. Interesting. Like the ones were about like my, someone was like, with that receding hairline, you need to grow up and eat more vegetables. And I was like, receding hairline. Interesting. That's the thing that gets me. (laughs) Do you think sometimes when I read those comments, so I'm picturing the 14 year old boys at the gym, you know, because like they don't know any better. And they think that's the way to be funny is to be completely mean. They're just looking for connection. Yeah. And the fact that, um, like commenting online has like a lot of anom- anonymity. <laughs> uh, anonymity. No. Anonymity. Anonymity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Survival um, of the fittest. <laughs> yes. That. Uh, but uh, it's kind of dangerous. Like we could go into like an hour long talk <laughs> about like whether social media is good or bad for society. And 
it's right. kind of both. It's kind yeah. of both. Good thing we're not People. on Congress. Yes, that's <laughs> very, very true for many reasons. Um, yes, and so, yeah, my dad just his whole life during that time was, I think, secretly he just wanted me to stay forever. <laughs> he didn't want me to yeah. go back to New York, so he just wanted to make me happy. Mm-hmm. I was really depressed, obviously, because my relationship uh, went into flames um, during the scariest pandemic of our lives. Yeah, I mean, the only one really that we've that has affected us. Yeah. Um, and he would buy me a uh, white claw. I was drinking a lot of white claw at the time, which, wow, I never thought I would say that. <laughs> but actually, one of my viral videos was about white claw. So mm. I'll, I'll show you that one. I don't know if yeah. I showed it to you. But um, I saved every can that I drank because uh, in New York, you don't have room. But in Minnesota, there's basements, there's attics, there's garages. Yeah. You can, so I stored every um, white claw can that I drank over the six mi- uh, six month period. And then um, he just would buy me more. Like if he mm-hmm. noticed I was running low, he would just say, I got you some more white claw. <laughs> like, I'm like, dad, you're my dad. You're supposed to be watching, like lecturing me about how much I'm drinking <laughs> instead of yeah. just Your dad actually sounds him. awesome. Oh, he's awesome. Yes. Yeah. He's- Actually, I think he's my biggest um, comedic influence. Really? Of of all people. Because he started me off really early. What he would do is he had favorite comedians. So when we were kids, he would just mm-hmm. um, recite bits. But as if he was making them up. Like We were yeah. kids, so we didn't know. But a big one, unfortunately, was Bill Cosby. One of my favorite influences um, growing up. Can't regret that because you didn't know. Yeah. It's a, that's another long thing, which is art versus the artist. Like yeah, what can totally. we support? Uh, if we can't support the artist, then can we still support the art? Mm-hmm. Maybe as long as they're not financially benefiting from it. Right, totally. But that was, my dad was, and still is um, the most immature, but most fun person to be around. A lot of times, we have to just tell him to settle down because he's <laughs> like in public. One of his favorite bits is uh, going to open the door for a lady, a lady. Um, and he pretends to smack his face, oh, but he's funny. hitting his foot. And so he hits his foot really hard with the door and goes, oh, <laughs> oh, my nose, my nose. And the girl will always go, oh, are you okay, are you okay? And I, I just turn to the girl and go, He's fine. <laughs> He's just kidding. He's just kidding. Like, dad, come on. Stop it. Okay, but I feel like that's what I would do also as a dad. Like, if I figured out that joke, like, I would always, I actually might try it. <laughs> There's a reason they're called dad jokes, you yeah. know? He's the king of them. That's so funny. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he's so silly. Just... Do you have any, like, um, this is something that I'm curious about with, like, my new comedy friends, is, like, do you have your eyes on a certain, like, destination or prize with your comedy like do you want to like have a show one day or like have a go on I don't know go have a residency somewhere like do you have your eyes on some kind of ultimate success obviously it's about the climb but like do you see yourself in comedy absolutely full-time do you want to like do you have financial goals around it like I'm really curious about that okay so it changes a lot Uh it changes a lot 
I definitely don't want to be famous because it sounds like a freaking headache. (laughs) I do want to make enough money to not be worried. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to move out of the city. I, you know how in Sex in the City, there's five characters. One of them's the city. Yeah. That is true for me. And like I was telling someone the other, like I can't see myself leaving the city. Mm -hmm. I've been here for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. To me, uh, success is making enough money to just stay in the city I love because yeah. there's my fallback is going back to Minnesota but that's like the last case right uh scenario so I definitely just get the most happiness out of entertaining mm-hmm. whether it be from um from making people laugh to I do screenwriting also on the side I guess one of my dreams has always been to be a showrunner, like make my own that would be cool. comedy show, maybe act in it. Um, it, I'm like, I feel a little bit um, ugly for TV. I know like I, that's my self-deprecating. I know that everybody, <laughs> totally. when I say that, it's like, you're not ugly, you're beautiful. Yeah, isn't that so annoying though? Cause sometimes we <laughs> just want to be self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah, right. Like and I will say, like, yeah. I will say something self-deprecating and people are like trying to make me feel better. I'm like, no, I feel fine. Yeah. Same. I'm just saying what I feel. <laughs> right. And when you see all the beautiful Kate Blanchett's and all the mm-hmm. beautiful, and you don't look like that, you're like, uh, well, I feel ugly. Okay. Because I'm not the standard beauty, whatever, <laughs> but, and it's not also, this is another soapbox, but there are, male comedians can be as ugly as they want right. <laughs> and i can't even think of an ugly female comedian <laughs> because right. you have to have a, a certain standard of beauty to be mm-hmm. famous i it feels like right it's probably wrong but well what's interesting is like i feel like not to like talk not to like talk about women in comedy over you <laughs> but i what? feel like the like um i've heard what have i heard like i feel like like a beautiful female comedian, like, I don't know, like Nikki Glaser or like, I guess, you know, Amy Schumer or like whatever, like even Amy Schumer feels, says she feels like ugly compared to other people. Like, Mm -hmm. I wonder like over time, because I think that I've heard that like women back then like had to be like, they couldn't be as attractive because like for comedy, like because they had to be seen as like the not, not powerful or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting thing that I don't have a fully formed opinion on, but I'm like really curious about like, that's a really interesting topic, like feeling like a certain level of sexiness for being able to be successful in comedy. My song uglier than me is a really interesting, like part in that because I'm basically singing a song where I say, I don't want to date somebody uglier than me, but I feel like it's up to the audience to decide how attractive I am like am I saying that as an ugly person or am I saying that as like an attractive person because I think if like a really hot person just went up there and saying that like it wouldn't be as funny maybe yeah Um, yeah you know like because it it comes from it's not self-deprecating if a really really super hot attractive 10 says like I'm not going to date anybody uglier than me because then they're basically saying I don't want to date anybody ugly but I think for me it's funny because it's like I would date someone ugly but I don't want to date someone uglier than me you know, <laughs> and yeah, like, there's I like some that. assumption that like, I am at least a little bit ugly. Yeah, because we're not cut from the magazines. I think. Right. I also but. think the word ugly is just a funny word. 
It is a funny like, word. To ugly. Call, to call someone ugly is actually so rude. <laughs> it is rude. It is rude. Or fugly, I've been called. Yeah. <laughs> that's that one hurts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's actually really interesting. Oh my god. Okay. So to wrap up, what's a good last question? What is your most embarrassing moment on stage? Oh, okay. So th- this is a loaded question because <laughs> I don't think I have that emotion. Yeah, uh, embarrassment. Being embarrassed. Yeah. yeah me too, actually. <laughs> but I do have one story that I should be embarrassed about, but it was it had to do with uh, drinking before performing, and oh, no. I don't normally. I'll a lot of times I'll um, have one get a little loose, you know, get a little like then perform then can drink as much as i want yeah. um actually the the night we met um i also broke a rule i smoked marijuana yeah before oh my God. i went Such up a badass. I, well <laughs> the i mean it's legal mm-hmm. these days which is crazy so the the owner was like want to smoke i'm like yeah that's oh, just nice so you know I what's did. funny he also asked me and I said no. And I, I was actually texting my friend and I was like, there's actually nothing that makes me feel more like a loser than saying no it's, to drugs. <laughs> I know, but it was, we were taught that's what you do. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I was like, yeah, of course I, I will. So the night I performed, luckily I had come down a little bit during intermission and stuff, mm-hmm. but I was definitely high um, on stage but that has nothing to do with the story I'm telling. It's just, I don't yeah. like to be kind of out of my head. Yeah. Um, but in this particular time, this was in 2014 when I was making my first run at it. And I was um, mic hopping with another comedian. And it was like four in the afternoon down in the financial district. We were um, drinking at this bar. There were only two more people there. They were like finance bros in suits. Mm-hmm. And they were hitting on us. They were buying us drinks. They kept buying us drinks. Oh no! Uh, and they decide they to the bartender. They said, "Let's play a game. Play Roxanne." The and they said, "Here's the game. Every time they say red light, you drink. Every time they say Roxanne, we drink." Oh my god! It's just a drinking game of Roxanne, red light. Red, red. Yeah, yeah. It's just drinking, drinking, drinking. So I got really drunk, and mm-hmm. we had to go perform. And I don't know what I said. Like, I can't tell you. I know I wasn't booed. I know people were laughing. But I was wearing this, like, dress, mm-hmm. like a, a skinny strap dress. And the guy who followed me did his entire set about my armpits. Oh, my God. He just, like, <laughs> he just, um, I wonder who he is. Because if he's still performing, I could get him canceled. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but he he just was, like, I think he kept trying to go back to his own stuff, but then he would stop and go, man, they're just such nice. Like he had an armpit fetish or something. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if he was trying to be funny, but um, at, at, this is the embarrassing part now that I should be embarrassed, but I'm not. Yeah. Um, he asked if he could lick one of them. And I, of course, being drunk was like, oh, more stage time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went up on stage. I'm like another couple seconds of stage time. And I just like go like this. The audience is going, no, no, don't do it. He licks it. And I'm just like, the attention horror in me is like, oh, yes, more applause, more, more attention. Uh, oh, my so God. I guess that was pretty embarrassing, but I don't feel embarrassed about it, but I should. <laughs> but also, like, it would be so interesting to, like, see him again at an op- another open mic night. Would you recognize him? 
no, <laughs> no. He would probably recognize you if you were if your armpits Maybe. were showing. Yeah, I should go to all mics now with my armpits and just say, do you, do you recognize these? Yeah, right, Can exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> reward, man who loves my armpits, $1,000. Oh, there's websites for, like, misconnections, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can exactly. try that. 2014, question, I don't know the date, but yeah. sometime in the fall. Oh my gosh, that's so good. All right, well, oh. we're at time. This was so fun. I really loved chatting with you. Um, where can people, people should go follow you. So where can they follow oh, you? Where can they support so you? Well, I'm trying this new thing called Instagram. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's my name, the Kayla Berry. Berry is spelled with an A, not an E. Mm -hmm. People like to do with a raspberry. I know because mm -hmm. I use that joke all the time. True. Uh, I'm at, at the Kayla Berry on instagram i'm technically on tiktok but uh that i'll still say it's at spingo bango uh you can figure that one out but <laughs> if you type in my name i have so many viral stuff it's almost like i'd rather people see me there because they could see all my viral stuff mm -hmm. but maybe i'll start getting more traction on instagram because that's where i've been yeah. going more i feel like instagram is a little bit better for like creating more of a community or like a following yeah. a little bit oh yeah whereas TikTok feels like almost like you're going to get a good moment and then people, it's very fleeting. Right, right. So all of my networking is coming from Instagram. Yeah. So I want more people to see me there. Yeah, totally. Me so. too. Me too. Good. All right. And if you are Kayla's friend or Kayla's fan and you're listening to this podcast and you're not following me yet, you can go to my Instagram and uh, follow me at Ben Haas show, or you can follow this podcast at life and bold pod. And I'm also on YouTube. Now this podcast is on YouTube, which I actually think is so cool because people can actually find it. Cause YouTube is like a Google search platform. Um, and so life and bold pod on um, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. were you going to say something? I was just wondering, like, isn't YouTube the best uh, place to get monetized? Like, yeah. you can get paid the most on YouTube. So maybe I, I think should... so. I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> YouTube is hard, though. It's actually like a really, it's hard to get views and hard to like build a community, build a community around it. But it's mm -hmm. good to have a YouTube channel that people can like spend more time. So I'm actually enjoying having the podcast as a YouTube channel because it's really like long form content. So if I ever did kind of like, if this podcast ever did kind of like blow up, it would be very easy to monetize the podcast because it's like hour long videos. But yeah, it's that's neither here nor there right now. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But one day, one day. Anyway, um, thank you so much for coming on. This was really great. Yeah, I had so much fun. Yeah. And to the audience, I hope you have a great day, an even better week. And do not forget to live your life in bold. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh my God, we did it. We did it. <laughs> <laughs>